Welcome to Hope Community Church's Sermon of the Week. It's our prayer that this message will encourage and equip you to love like Jesus. To learn more about Hope, visit us at hccalive.com. Now enjoy the message. Well, before we continue with the message portion of our worship service, I want to just take a moment, first of all, and say happy Mother's Day to all of you mothers. Yeah. None of us would be here if it weren't for them, right? I mean, we want to thank them for that. In fact, in honor of Mother's Day, I want to share a little story with you this morning. And really, it goes back to Eve, our first, the, the mother of, of humanity. And uh, she had these two little boys, Cain and Abel. You, you may have heard of them in the Bible. That's the story that we're going to work through this morning. But for those of you who are new, we normally don't do this on Mother's Day, but we're in a series right now looking at the different lenses that we see through and how those lenses impact us. And it just happens that this morning we're going to be covering the lens of anger. So this morning we're going to see how when we have anger in our hearts, when we have anger within us, that always will impact other people. This story is a tragedy, but before we get to the outcome of it, I want to encourage us to, to be reflective this morning of how anger impacts each of us. For some of us, we may not have an anger issue, and, and you don't understand the struggle that some people experience when they have problems with anger. But maybe you've experienced the, the other side of it, where you've been the recipient of other, other people's anger, and that can be exceptionally damaging as well. And I want to cover this story this morning the the best I can. And at the end, we're going to see how God gives mercy. God gives grace to both sides of that situation. But where does anger begin? I would say that anger begins in our hearts. Anger begins in our hearts. Now, that may be a little bit different for some of you. However, it's my message this morning and that's my point number one. So let's look at Genesis chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. It says, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought, notice this, Of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, listen to this, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. For those of you in this room who are mothers and maybe you've raised a couple of boys together, you know that sometimes there are some sibling rivalries that can spill out into physical aggression. We have three daughters, so in our home, it looks a little bit different than the home that I grew up in. My brother is 54 weeks younger than me. 54 weeks. 
So there was a little bit of competition within our home, and, and my mom had uh, these, these little precious moments plates up on the, in the kitchen. And I know some of you already know where this is going. Don't get ahead of me. And, and my brother and I, we would always wrestle in the living room. Now, that's not the kitchen, but in our home, when we would wrestle in the living room, sometimes it would shake the whole house. That's where the problem actually came in, is because when the house would shake, sometimes the plates would rattle and they wouldn't always stay on the wall. And I can promise you that if those things fell off the wall, they were going to break. And every single time, there would be this moment of, uh-oh, now what? Well, of course, being the older, more mature brother, I would blame my little brother, and he would want to point his finger back at me. Now, this is the point, though. There, there are sibil, sibling rivalries in everybody's home, whether you're raising sons or whether you're raising daughters. In this situation, we have Cain, who's a worker of the ground, and we have Abel, who's a, a, a keeper of sheep, of cattle. And both of these brothers go to God and they offer a sacrifice to God. But here's the difference. God receives, he accepts Abel's sacrifice, but he does not receive Cain's. Some people believe that it's because Cain's sacrifice didn't involve blood. I don't think that that's true, though. I'm just going to offer my perspective. I don't think that that's the reason that God didn't receive Cain's sacrifice because there was other examples throughout the Old Testament where people would bring to God their, their grain, where they would bring to God the first fruits of their, of their uh, wine or other festivals that didn't involve a blood sacrifice. Here's what I believe. I believe that the text shows us that Abel offered the first fruits of the firstborn of his animals and their fat portions. Cain, though, he gathered fruit from the ground. What I wanted to say to you this morning was that fruit doesn't grow on the ground. However, after a quick Google search, I learned some fruit does grow on the ground. So I had a little problem. And I was like, well, how do I, how do I explain this? I mean, it, it, what, what was the problem with the, the fruit that Cain gathered? He was a worker of the ground. It makes sense that he gathered fruit from the ground to offer it to God. But the text misses a key word. It doesn't say that he offered the first fruit to God. So he, he gathered what he found uh, to be available, to be convenient, that he was going to discard, and he's giving that to God. And so as a result, God receives Abel's because it was a sacrifice. But he doesn't receive Cain's offering. But I love the way that God responds. Because God was concerned with the heart of Cain. So he addresses Cain's heart. He says, Cain, why are you angry? That, that's an emotion, of course, that Cain was experiencing because of the rejection. Like, why would God not be pleased with me? Well, he's not pleased with you in this situation because you're offering to him the, the leftovers that you, that you don't want. You're not making a sacrifice. So God addresses the emotion that Cain was experiencing. And then he warns Cain. He says, Cain, here's what I can tell you. The devil wa wants to lure you away with anger. And if you're not careful with your anger, it's, it's crouching at the door. It's waiting for an opportunity 
Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. You, you must conquer this anger. Well, I think, uh, you know, when we, when we think about how important it is to, to manage anger, to work through anger, it's those moments of fury, those, those moments of rage where we lose what's called self-control. Cain wasn't able to listen to what God was saying. And this is a problem. Because God was giving Cain a clear warning. Anger wants to rule over you. But you need to master it. You need to rule over it. I was doing a little research on anger this last week. And and I was thinking about how I want to share that anger begins in our hearts. And I, I went to the old WebMD, which is a very reliable resource if you're not a physician, although it's not always accurate as physicians would remind us, but there is some helpful information on there. And when I was Googling on WebMD, it was talking about how anger and stress and anxiety work together. So not only do people who struggle with anger expose themselves in physical ways, but it actually impacts us internally. Did you know that people who are often angry or hostile are almost 20% more likely to get heart disease compared with calmer people? That anger, anxiety, that leads to a, a wearing away of the artery walls in our heart. One cardiologist even said that angry people are more likely to have heart attacks so not only does anger begin in our hearts, but anger actually impacts our hearts. To see through the lens of anger is not only destructive to others, but it's actually self-destructive as well. When we deal with anger, it also can open the door for destruction. Anger doesn't always open the door for destruction, but anger can Unfortunately, in this story, anger does open the door for destruction. In verse 8, it continues, and it says this, Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Unfortunately, Cain's anger continued down the course of actually acting out. Instead of having repentance, instead of having remorse, instead of... Instead of having some of these emotions, Cain's anger actually boiled over into revenge. It, it, it turned into premeditated thoughts of how to get even at Abel because his sacrifice was accepted. As I was thinking about uh, the premeditation that Cain has in order to lay out the plot, it says he and Abel went into the field. He, he must have given thought to this. And I started thinking about how important it is that we take our thoughts captive. You see, when those little thoughts of anger or rage begin to, begin to be cultivated in our minds, we begin to, to think of ways to act out. Some of us even begin to have arguments in our minds. Sometimes those arguments in our minds even spill out into us mouthing words. And, and our spouse or our kids will even ask us, who are you talking to? Let me tell you, I'm not talking to anybody. I'm fighting with someone. And we begin to, to let those thoughts in our mind continue to formulate. 
But that anger leads to, it opens the door to destruction. Jesus actually says in the Sermon on the Mount, when you are so angry with someone in your heart that you call them an idiot or raka, if you look at the the King James Version, that you're guilty of already murdering them in your heart. That's, That's the damage of anger. That's the damage. In fact, in Proverbs 18.21, it says, Death and life, death and life are in the power of the tongue. When I thought about ways to illustrate this this week, uh, I thought of this picture of, of a mirror from a vehicle. And if you take a look at the screen, the first word that you see in that mirror ought to be anger. If you're an overachiever and you've already read the underlining uh, script of that, just settle down. We're not there yet. But the first word that pops up is anger. And when we look in sometimes the, the mirror of our vehicle, underneath it says this, objects in the mirror are closer than they appear. And sometimes that's how anger is. Sometimes the, the anger is closer than it appears. It's just barely below the surface. And so when we're processing through anger, we don't realize how much is there until it comes out at the worst possible times. It comes out in the worst possible ways. And when that happens, of course, we experience this shame, regret, even devastation. In fact, we have another picture of what that looks like. In the mirror now, we have what looks to be a fire in the, re- in the, in the side mirror. And that's what happens when we act out in anger is we, we leave this trail of devastation behind us, of destruction. It's a blazing fire. I love the way that James writes about that in his little epistle. He says that the tongue, who can tame it, right? That's, that's because there, it's so easy to speak out a turn. It's so easy to allow a, a moment of rage that we think is going to bring satisfaction and really it just brings devastation. This is the alluring part of anger, though. We, we think naturally, and maybe I shouldn't generalize it so much, I'll, I'll say I think that whenever I experience anger, I think in those moments that it gives me power, that, that I'll feel like I have power in that moment. But what I continue to learn is that whenever I give in to anger, I don't have power. That anger actually has power over me. That's what God told Cain. He said, Cain, be careful. Because sin is crouching at the door. In just a few weeks, hopefully the temperatures will warm up. And when you open your door, if you have a screen on on your patio door, or or when you open your window, you see the screens, and they'll be covered with flies, right? I know that's not the attractive part of summer that we're waiting for, but, but those flies are just sitting there. And as soon as you open the door, they begin to, to infiltrate the house. Doesn't that make you so angry? That was a test. But they come in. And it's like you can't keep them out. No, no matter what you do, you can't keep them out. You just open the door for a moment. It's because they're sitting right there. They're right there waiting 
to come in. That's how anger can feel for so many of us. It's just crouching. It's waiting for the opportunity to pounce. Now, the emotion of anger itself is not sin. The Bible even says you can be angry, but do not sin. There is a difference. Jesus got angry, and he cleansed the temple. He cleansed it because it was being used for uh, different purposes to what God had intended it for. And, and he beat out the, the tax collectors. He, he beat out the, the people who were trying to make a profit off of sacrifices. He, he beat that out. Anger can be used for just purposes. It isn't always that anger brings destruction, but so often anger opens the door for destruction. But anger will be accounted for as well. We will give an account for anger. And I know that that can probably sound maybe a little bit frightening, but what we're going to cover in these next few verses is actually by giving an account, it, it demonstrates God's mercy. So as the text continues in verse 9 of chapter 4, there's an encounter between Cain and God. It says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are accursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Cain said to God, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground and from your face. I shall be hidden, and I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. And whoever finds me will kill me. Verse 15, Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. We will give an account to God for the ways that we've acted out in anger. And, and here's what I can tell you. God is omniscient. He's everywhere. There's, there's no place that we can go that he isn't, and he doesn't miss anything. He doesn't miss anything. Now, I say that with a little bit of a smirk, but it's not because I'm, I'm excited for that. It's, it brings embarrassment. It brings humiliation in some ways because there's not a single moment that we've ever been able to act out in anger that we won't give an account for with God. Never been a time. So often we, we try to minimize our acting out in anger. And for those of you who have been on the receiving end of that, we, we experience other people minimizing their part in causing us pain. But here's what God says. There are consequences. There are consequences to acting out. For Abel, it meant that an innocent person was going to lose his life. But for Cain, there was a curse. And the curse was that the ground would no longer yield its strength to him. 
But there's another part of this curse as well. Cain would now become a wanderer. Cain would leave the presence of his family. And he would begin to, to wander the earth, going from place to place. He would lose a relationship that he had had with God. Cain and God had been speaking with one another. So there's consequences not only in his family, but there's a consequence in his relationship with God. I, I think about how each of us have, again, been impacted by acting out in anger. But God confronts Cain's anger, which is actually God's mercy. God confronting us in our anger actually opens the door for us to experience mercy. You see, God offers Cain a chance to confess, but he didn't. He didn't confess to his anger. Instead, he denies it. He says, who, who am I, my brother's keeper? But God didn't just abandon Cain. This is the, the highlight of the story for me. God could have cursed Cain, abandoned him, banished him. He could have done all of that. But God didn't do that. Instead, he pursued Cain. He went after Cain. He has this conversation with Cain. The lens of anger, I realize, is a struggle for us. And when we act out, we, we might feel like God is done with us. He's finished. He's, he's going to just totally push us away from him. But that's not the way that God responds. In fact, I love what God does here. Even when Cain says, God, the punishment that you've given me is too great. I can't even bear it. What does God do in that moment? He says, no, I'm going to give you a mark. And you know what that mark is going to be? It's not going to be a, a stigma that everybody stays away from you. It's a mark of protection. It's a mark of protection. God's care for the innocent, Abel, is matched by his care for the guilty, Cain. How much we need that. We need God's care, not just for the innocent, but we need God's care for the guilty because we can identify. That mark, of, that mark of protection that God put on Cain's life is a beautiful picture of the mark that God puts on our lives when we come to faith in Jesus. You know what the Bible tells us? In Ephesians, it says that when we trust Jesus, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. We receive a mark. And then when God sees us, he sees the righteousness of Jesus on our lives. We receive a mark. God offers to us a mercy and a grace that so often we have a, a hard time receiving and we have a hard time giving even to ourselves. But all of this happens because God pursued Cain despite Cain's failure. I love that part of the story because it's, it's normal for us to, to move away from God when we feel like we've failed. It's normal for us to, to resist his goodness. But what I want to encourage us to do 
is to not just punish ourselves and continue to do that because we're angry at ourselves. But instead of looking through the lens of that anger, let's look at, the, at it through the lens of redemption and how God wants to continue to redeem us. When we trust Jesus, that's the beginning. That's not the end. His promise and commitment to us is that when he redeems us, that the work that he begins in us, he will continue. He will fulfill. It doesn't stop every time we lose our temper. It doesn't stop every time we feel like we've been wrong. But God wants to continue to, to use our lives as a demonstration of his grace to other people. That's why the Bible tells us that he gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. God gives grace to the humble. None of us will be perfect. Hopefully none of us will do anything like what Cain did. But we've all done that in some form in our attitude and in our, in our thoughts towards people. But what I want to tell you this morning is we can receive forgiveness. And that forgiveness is found in Jesus. That mark that God gives us is the mark of the Holy Spirit. And I want to invite us to pray this morning that God would renew within us that claim that Jesus gives. Would, would you please pray with me? Father, we trust that your Holy Spirit would continue to renew our hope in you this morning. God, that you would give us the ability to receive that grace in a fresh way. That as we receive it, not only would we step into that newness today, but that your spirit would give us a joy. God, we, we pray for forgiveness for ways that we've been angry. We pray for forgiveness for ways that we've wronged other people. And we thank you for the story of even how you have offered that to Cain. Because so many times we've been that person. And we also want to pray for the people who have been on the receiving end. Lord, we ask that your spirit would bring healing to those who have been the recipients of other people's anger. And God, that you would help them today to renew their hope in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Sermon of the Week. To learn more about Hope Community Church, go to hccalive.com and click on the hub. Don't forget to subscribe and may we continue to love like Jesus.